Hello everyone. Happy Wednesday and welcome to another awesome edition of the Dream Design Podcast with Amy Lee. This is the Dream Design Podcast and I'm Amy Lee. So we've got all the pieces that we need. Well, not quite because let me tell you my guest today. My guest today is one of my favorite humans. She is an incredibly powerful thought leader and healer. She is one of my best friends, and she just celebrated her first, wait for it, six-figure month, okay? So you do not, not, not want to miss today's guest. Gabby Abrams is here, you guys. I know. I'm that cool, right? I've got cool friends. Gabby is here. She's going to talk all about all of the things. I'm so excited. I will be right back with Gabby. You're listening to the Design Your Dreams podcast with Amy Lee, the show that challenges you to stop chasing your dreams and start designing them. Each week, I invite powerhouse creators who have built their dream businesses to come and share their words of wisdom and stories of courage. It is my hope that through the journeys of these incredible dream builders, you too will be inspired to design and build a life and business beyond your wildest dreams. And welcome back. Thank you so much for being here, you guys. I don't even want to waste one more second. She's here. Everybody give um, out in the live audience, give Gabby a warm welcome. Hi, Gabby. Hi. Oh, my God. The excitement of waiting backstage. I'm just like, yes. I know. I'm ready. I love it. I love it. So, so good to have you. We've got lots of folks joining Yay. us. Hello. 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 Um, hello. So Gabby, oh my gosh, I could, I could talk to you forever, but let's just get right into it. Let's talk about kind of your story, right? Like, where did you come from? How did you get here? How did you get to six figure months? This is insane. Yeah. We're all about it. Um, so, so wait, going way back, right? Where are we starting? I, I was a lawyer, um, in, a, in my former life. Um, I was a lawyer in New York city and then I stopped practicing law and I started my own business. I started a design and stationery shop. Um, and I ran that for five years. I grew that to six figures. And then I kind of like enc encountered all of these blocks along the way, right? Like all of these, which now I recognize as like just the entrepreneurial blocks, right? But at the time it felt like it was just me. Imposter syndrome, money blocks. I could get to six figures, but like beyond that was just like what even is going on. Um, visibility stuff. I was like, I do not want to be seen, right? Like only let my designs like, sh uh, you know, be shared. Um, and then all these things. And I ended up discovering rapid transformational therapy. And I loved it so much that I got certified in it. And I transitioned into business coaching and combining that with RTT. And I love it. It's super powerful. Um, so I, I transitioned in the spring of 2020. And now we're, you know, fall of 2021. So it's been 18 months that I've been on this journey. That's amazing. It's so cool. And, you know, I tell people all the time, like we kind of started our like journey, this part of our journey, kind mm -hmm. of at the same time. And we kind yeah. of came up together, you know, yeah. and it's just been so incredible to watch your transformation and, you know, like all of the things that you've done in your business, but also you're really open about how much you've worked on yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Open about how much of it is about mindset. So mm -hmm. I would love if you have a moment to just kind of talk about that mindset piece and some of the shifts that you saw from where you were when you started your business to mm -hmm. kind of where you are now. 
Yeah, it's so interesting. It really has been such a journey, right? And there are so many layers to this mindset piece. There's so many layers to, you know, I always think there's like the four core mindset things for entrepreneurs, which are imposter syndrome, visibility, money blocks, and self-sabotage, because uh, we are self-sabotaging ourselves all of the time. Um, but even beyond that, right, self-love, self-trust, worthiness, all of these things. Um, and the more that you can deal with them as they come up in your business, the, the easier it is to grow. And you can do it in a really nice, grounded way that doesn't leave you like up leveling all the time and like ricocheting back and forth and ups and downs, right? I thought that that was just part of being an entrepreneur. And as I've done this inner work, I realized like, it's really not. It's just us feeling like it is, you know, but it doesn't have to be those ups and downs. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, I think that because we're all building our businesses, kind of like we're not building them in a vacuum, right? Like we're yeah. all surrounded by each other and somebody might be like climbing while somebody else mm -hmm. is at their plateau. And yeah. instead of going, oh, okay, well, she's at the beginning of the movie and I'm already in the middle. Mm -hmm. We go, oh my gosh, like, there's yeah. something wrong with me that I'm not at her level. And it's like, but yeah. you don't understand and you don't see that that person is on their own journey. And really mm -hmm. the only person they should be competing with is themselves. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I always say it's like, have you ever seen like a swim meet, you know, like when they're, they're like swimming and it's like, you have no idea who's ahead and who's behind. Right. Like there's no idea. You have no idea who's going to win. Like, like sometimes it's like obvious, right? Like Michael Phelps, right? Like you watch him and you're like, all right, this guy's winning, but everybody else, you know, it's like some people are coming up for air before they like take off. Some people get that running start. Some people are really good at like that flipping wall pushing thing. Um, and they like redeem themselves. You know, it's like, there is no timeline. Like you can't watch a swim meet and be like, oh, that's who's going to win. Just like, it's like entrepreneurs too. Right. And, and of course there is no winning, right. <laughs> Starting there, there is no winning here. Right. Like there's no like finish line. Um, which I try to explain to my six year old, who's like super competitive. I'm like, you're gonna get to life and there's no winning. Jake's like, I don't know about that. My husband's like, I don't know. Like, please back me up here. <laughs> like there are no winners and losers in life. Um, but yeah, it's really, yeah, it is. It just is, right? We're all on our own journey. I love what you said about not competing with anybody except ourselves. Yeah, it, it, and that's, you know, to bring in that piece of kind of what you do, you know, as a um, rapid transformational therapy practitioner, <laughs> Um, as that, you know, you, yeah. you kind of help people, first of all, see, Hey, by the way, this, this mm -hmm. is a thing, right? This yeah. is something that happens and, and we can get rid of it. Right? We, mm -hmm. can away and we can remove that. So talk a little bit about RTT and kind of like what it is for those mm -hmm. who have never heard of it. And then kind of like, maybe give us some examples of like some transformations that have mm -hmm. happened as a result of it. Cause I don't think people really grasp that some of these modalities truly are life-changing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so rapid transformational therapy is the Marissa Peer method. She's this, like, British celebrity therapist. She's awesome. Um, and it's a mix of hypnotherapy, NLP, which we love, um, 
uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and just traditional talk therapy. It's a really, really light hypnotherapy where you're um, totally, totally lucid and you're having conversations, making connections, um, really living in that space that's like subconscious, but also conscious. And, and what it does is that it takes you back to the root cause of whatever it is. And, and it's really belief focused. So you'll go back to the incident that gave rise to the belief that you are now bumping up against. So something like, um, you know, let's say visibility, right? Like it could go back to being small and, and you're the lead in the play and someone sabotaged you, right? Um, or you tripped and fell or whatever, right? Um, it could be that, you know, in my case, it was like, you might have imposter syndrome and you're like, but why? And it like goes back to being, you know, in grade school and getting accused of cheating on a test or getting caught cheating or whatever, right? Anything that gave rise to this belief, like, I'm a fraud or, or something, um, I'm never believed. So many different beliefs that are contributing to where we are. And once you can like kind of realize that, right? That it's not just like this huge block, but it's just like little beliefs stacked on each other and that you can transform all of those beliefs, the work, the thought work really becomes so, so easy to do. Yeah, and you know, people don't even realize sometimes like that there are thoughts that they used to have that they vehemently believed that they don't believe anymore. And yeah. I don't you know, I don't have any off the top of my head, but they're like, for example, just like, oh, I'm 18 years old. Mm -hmm. At one point that was true. And you believed that. And we mm -hmm. don't look at ourselves now and go, well, I'm still 18, but I'm also right. Like mm -hmm. we can shift our yeah. beliefs. A lot of times though, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong it's almost like we don't want to. And part of mm -hmm. that is from not feeling like we deserve to change our beliefs yep. or we don't deserve, you know, to, to have the experience. Of oh my God, my want. clip just, my clip just popped off. I was like, what just fell onto my head? Hold on. Oh my God, okay. that's hilarious. Oh that is so hilarious. Um, Let me pop it back on. That's so funny. It just like popped right off my head and exploded. Um, hold on. Your guys want you to know something right there. Yeah, they were like, oh my God, there is something. I'll fix my hair eventually. No, um, I have a hair tie. Um, so, <laughs> unexpected moment in a live mm -hmm. broadcast. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. And even beyond, you know, not feeling worthy of changing, there's a lot that serves us of not changing, right? There's always something that that behavior serves. I see this, especially with like imposter syndrome and visibility. It's like, well, you know, when that's gone, I got to start my hair looks, my hair looks very funny now, but that's okay. Um, you know, it's like this behavior is serving us in, in some way, right? It's keeping you from having to show up. It's keeping you from, um, yeah, there's a payoff, right? And I know that you do that work with people too. Sorry, this is going to be so distracting to me. Um, I know that you do that work with people too, and you help them. Um, let me just fix my hairs. I'm going to go off <laughs> off camera a second okay. and just fix this. Okay, no problem. So well, at least it wasn't a nipple. I just hoped out. While <laughs> Gabby is fixing I'm dying. Um, if you guys have questions for this incredible coach, um, this RTT practitioner slash business coach, not RTT coach, um, that's an inside joke, me and Gabs, <laughs> feel free to drop your questions while she is fixing her hair. 
Um, but you guys, you know, I have to tell you, let, let's take a moment to kind of have this teachable moment. One of the things I love and one of the things that most Gabby's clients love about her is she's so real, right? Like most, most people have this idea of six figure a month earners is like, oh, they're so out of touch. You know, they have this whole team that works for them. They've got all these, you know, extra, well, they have things I don't have. Well, Gabby's a perfect example of somebody who literally like does her own hair, does her own emails. Does her, like, all right, I'm back. I just kind of brushed it. <laughs> just she does so much of her stuff all by herself and still makes all these incredible shifts and, you know, leaps, quantum leaps in her business. So let her be a testament to you that you can absolutely be an authentic human being who has, you know, idiosyncrasies and faults and all of these traits. So many things endear people to you. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so true. It's like the things that we're the most embarrassed about are the things that end up being like the most likable about us or the most magnetic about us. Um, And when you can see people being real and sharing who they really are, it's so refreshing. You know, I think for so long, when I first came onto the space, entrepreneurship was really like super cookie cutter. You know, Instagram was like full of like perfect feeds and and there was like no you know it was like you cannot you know anytime that you replied to someone it was like we are doing this like me and my team you know uh you had to really like give that illusion of having this really successful business right out of the gate and and it leaves you with so much imposter syndrome it leaves you feeling like it's never safe to be yourself and that you have to hide all of these things Right. As I sit here and chew my nails on live TV. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's right. Yeah. You you feel like you're not Mm -hmm. like you're held to a different standard Mm -hmm. because you're this coach, but like, that's not ever going to be what makes somebody, you know, I really want to work with her because she looks so immaculate and perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's not how it works. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Heaven forbid you do work with those people when you find out they're real, then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. I, I feel lied to, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah. it work out for you in the long run. We have questions though. Oh yeah. Question. How do you realize <clears throat> what your block is when you're in the dark, like a total blind spot? Um, it, you know, maybe there's many, right? There is no one block. That's just the truth. Um, my best advice is always heal what you need to get to the next level right? There's this like, you know, idea that we're supposed to be perfectly healed, that there's like 100% um, blocks that we can work through, right? I'm just going to figure out exactly what it is. And the truth is that you just start with the simplest thing, right? You have to use this combination of healing and action to really get the results that you want. Because if you don't heal and then take action on it, you're never going to realize what the next thing that you have to heal is. And if you heal and if you don't, you know, take action and you just heal, like you're just going to be left with lots of layers that you can keep working through and never getting to a point where it feels like you can take action. Um, So it's really about realizing, I would say there's like two kinds of fear, you know, there's fear of like doing something different, which is just your brain, right? This is how it works. It's just your biology at work. Your brain is going to be scared. Your brain is not going to want to take new action. Uh, It's going to want predictability and guarantees and all of these things, and it's not going to get them contrasted with fear of not being enough and fear of failure and fear of, you know, what we identify as like imposter syndrome. And all of those things are the ones that you have to work through, right? But it never stops being scary and, and you never stop being blocked, right? Like even now I'll go to take action and I'm like, 
I don't want to do that, <laughs> you know? And, and then I ask myself, well, well, why? You know, is this unfamiliar? And it's usually something a little bit unfamiliar, right? Like something at a bigger scale than I've done before, something that I haven't done in a while, something um, new. And, and I'm just like, all right, let me give myself the spaciousness to do it and do it with time and do it with good energy and do it with peace, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And really just allowing yourself that grace and that space to like mm-hmm. understand that there are multi layers of why you don't mm-hmm. want to do something. Right. Maybe it's because you're yeah. scared. Maybe it's because you're like, oh, but that's a lot of work. Maybe, you know, there's some risk involved for yeah. me. Like I know my thing was always about choosing. It was always about like, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. like I can just sit here and do nothing. And then I don't yeah. choose the wrong thing. But that yeah. in of itself is choosing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have someone who said, Oh my God, your sons, I'm so crushing on them both. <laughs> They're funny. They are funny. They are. They're adorable. They're a lot. Sons. Um, I think someday our sons should play together. That would be so Yes. Cool. Oh my gosh, they so should. They so they should. So um, should. for me, I hesitate to be visible. I love my absolute an- anonymity, says mm-hmm. user. And you are doing a great job of that right now because we have no idea who you are. But that yeah. is absolute anonymity. Yeah, I love that. And and there is so much, you know, do the flip side, right? Like if you are, I think that we also have, and you do this, Amy Lee, this is like what you do, right? It's about creating a vision of visibility that you like, that feels good to you, right? Like I'm someone who is visible, but I don't enjoy being highly visible, right? Like I have like, I'm a 6'2 in human design. So I have that too. I have that hermit and I love it. I love, you know, I really need like breaks, you know, like if I'm really visible for a while, I need that break. I need, you know, a weekend where it's just me unplugged, right? Um, It's very, very important to me. And it's about creating a vision of like, visibility that works for you that you enjoy that that doesn't feel like you're like you know when we talk about visibility there's a lot of like like past life prostitution wounds right and there's a lot of feeling like when I am highly visible like I'm always going to be prostituting myself selling showing up having you know to get people to hire me and there's a lot of like stuff wrapped up in there you know and it's really about creating safety but also, I mean, and, you know, this happens to be in the news right now, and it's something that I struggle with. And I mean, I don't know, call it conceited, maybe, but like, part of me doesn't want to be like a million billionaire, because like, look what happened to Britney Spears, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she literally yeah. was like, yes, you know, I want the dream, I want the life. And then they just swept in and took over everything, yeah. and told her what she couldn't, couldn't do. And mm-hmm. your contract says, yeah. well, you can't talk to this person. And yeah. your contract says, well, I don't care that you don't feel well because you have three tours, you know, coming up and like, you know, you don't, you don't ever want to give away that sovereignty mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, you're still a person. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so how do you like reconcile? And I guess I'm asking you, how do you reconcile creating a personal brand and still being a human and that division and that boundary between your product and your personhood? Yeah. You know, that. I mean, the most powerful thing is, is visioning, right? Is, is looking, you know, training your brain to look for examples of what it is that you want to see. So whether that looks like examples, you know, I mean, the first is visioning ourselves, right? Envisioning ourselves in that role, what we want it to look like. And then the other is like looking for evidence of people that have the thing that you want, right? Who has that nice division of visibility and privacy that you like? Like, I really like, let's say, Denise Duffield Thomas, right? I really like her. um, And I love the way that she's visible. 
she's visible in this way that feels really authentic, that feels really real. And she always says like, I don't do local stuff because I don't want to be famous locally, right? I don't want to be recognized. Some people are dying to be recognized, right? I have friends and clients and, and people that like love being a local celebrity, that love going out to the supermarket and being recognized, that that brings them joy. And it's about figuring out what brings you joy and being okay with that. Mm -hmm. You know, not feeling like you should have to do it a certain way because you can always find evidence one way or another. Mm -hmm. Create a vision of visibility that I that I like and works for me. I love that. Thank you, Gabby. I'm going to daydream on that one. What do I want it to look like? It's from a place of power. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So question for you. Um, so you went from, I'm going to kind of take it back for a moment. Mm -hmm. You went from being a lawyer mm -hmm. and, you know, doing that whole, and that's a dream in and of itself, right? Like mm -hmm. you worked really hard to get there. It's not like you just yeah. went, Oh, let me just fill it out. Like we want to, we want to yeah. acknowledge that there was mm -hmm. a, a path that took yeah. you there that you were on. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you went and you did your other business, your Etsy business, mm -hmm. and then you came over here and did this. So what would you say, you know, I think this is always inspiring to people. What would you say were some of like the deal breakers, like the things that you were mm -hmm. like, okay, when I make this new business, this is a rule and this will never happen. What are some mm -hmm. of those things that you could share with us? Oh my gosh. It's so, you know, that's such a good question because you really do learn from like every single um, thing that you do. And I think that, you know, going from law and stepping into design it made me really realize like I was not going to compromise on my happiness for money, right? Like I was not going to, if I want, if I was into it for money, like I would go back to practicing law, right? Like I was in this business to do it differently and to create alignment. There were a lot of people that would tell me, you should do graphic design for businesses. You should do corporate graphic design. And I was like, why would I do that? For that, I would just be practicing law to do something that I don't enjoy, you know? Um, so that for me was like my non-negotiable when I was in design. When I transitioned into coaching, I was like, I will not. And there were so many lessons that I brought with me into coaching. And I think that that's why I was, I was able to grow it so fast because I came in with so many lessons. I was just like, I am A, going to show exactly who I am from the beginning. That to me was like, I'm not going to compromise because um, I felt like I didn't do that in my first business. You know, I felt like I had to be really, um, you know, kind of like not not generic, but like a, you know, I, it wasn't me. Right. I was like I wasn't the face of my business necessarily. So like my business was very you know, for moms, bridal showers, baby showers. And, and it was, I felt very vanilla. And I was like, I don't want to bring that. That vanilla energy feels really stifling to me. And I'm not going to bring that into my business. I'm going to be just me. And that's what I came in. I was like, I'm just going to start a business being me from the beginning, doing what I want to do on my own terms. And I think that when you can come in, it's kind of similar to that energy that I brought in the second time, right? Into my first business where I was like, I'm just going to be me. I'm not going to be a corporate. I'm not going to be, you know, this. I'm going to be happy and and fulfilled. I'm I'm like thinking as you're saying like I'm just going to be me. I'm like in my head doing the chicken dance. Like yeah. I want to be a duck. I don't want to be a chicken. I just want to be me. <laughs> I was just thinking. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Well, do that. I yeah, love that. No. Bring that energy into your business. Yeah, it's my no, not, not you. You though. Yeah. I would imagine yeah. you mm -hmm. in a chicken costume oh me yeah me specifically right. oh i'm not no that is so not you know this is like the the manieth time that i've been 
compare it to a chicken or a turkey or something. So it's like hilarious. Like you're like the fourth person to be like, I just envision you in this like chicken costume. <laughs> Well, you know, like a really look at like the NLP aspect of it, right? Yeah. So like look at like Darren Brown, like you mm -hmm. have like fuzzy like earrings on, so maybe that gives like the vibe. It's hilarious. It's very funny. It's it's so funny. It's like the it's like one of those things, like a random thing that like comes up often enough in your life that it makes you think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything yeah. like that, but I, now I'm gonna keep my eyes peeled. Yeah. Jesse, if you're out there watching, <laughs> we'll just talk about chicken. So funny. You're welcome. No, totally. Totally. So, um, okay. So let's talk real quick about <clears throat> what some of the things that you have done with clients and how, yes, Darren Brown, absolutely about, you know, some of the transformations that you've seen. <laughs> so like we work together and this happened, like mm -hmm. just to kind of give people wet their whistle a little bit yeah. about like, what RTT can really yeah. do. Yeah, it's, it's really funny. So um, a lot of my clients, there are a couple of like patterns that really come, you know, people will usually come when they're like bumping up against something, right? They're either bumping up against some kind of monetary goal, or there's something that they really want to do that they just haven't be able, been able to bring into fruition, no matter how talented and strategic they are. Um, and some people like notice some patterns, right? Like, for example, I've had clients that um, a couple, right, that create businesses, really successful businesses, and then they fall apart, right? And then they create another business. And then at a certain point when it gets to six figures or whatever, seven figures in some cases, it falls apart. And and it's so interesting in RTT because um, you can actually just ask your subconscious, right? You can ask like, what what is the, the root cause of the reason why I, you know, fear success or why I can't keep growing my business after a certain point? And people will go back to like all kinds of memories, right? And in some cases, it's, you know, I had one really powerful one that always stands out to me where she was like, I, I she's like, there was nothing, right? There was like nothing in, in my childhood. I had an awesome childhood. Um, and then when she went back, she remembered um, bankruptcy. Her parents had gone through bankruptcy, right? And so there was like that big, you know, this belief, like when things are going well, then we lose it. Hold on, I'm going to. Real life, ladies and gentlemen, real freaking life. I have a yippee dog too, but he's way over there. But if he was anywhere near where we are right now, he would be just as loud. So, oh, you're muted though, Gabs. Oh, okay. We continue our interview minus one hair clip and plus one dog. Oh, good. Jesse is here. Yeah, we were just talking about chickens. Yes, Mia's here. Mia's here joining us. Hi, Mia. <laughs> I'll leave her back here. Um, and another one, you know, visibility is a really big one. Um, and, and especially with visibility, I think that there's like this visibility paradox where people don't feel visible and they also feel too visible. Like, so they feel like they're invisible and nobody's watching them. And then they feel like they're like, everybody's watching them and they're being judged all the time. Mm -hmm. And your brain can't have those two conflicting beliefs, right? What, what happens is that your brain shuts off and just doesn't show up because it's confused. Um, and so it's really like going in and figuring out, oh, what, well, what's there, right? What are the beliefs that are leading you to feel this like very, very confusing paradoxical thing um, and usually it's like some fear of rejection, some incident where you were, you know, 
forced forced uh, to believe that you were not seen, right? Like either you were overlooked and sometimes it's so easy. It's like, you know, someone was calling roll and they skipped over your name, right? And you're like led to believe like, oh no, nobody sees me and nobody mentioned that they skipped me. Um, all of these little tiny beliefs, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they all kind of stem from that one, you know, I think they call it a gestalt, right? Like that one moment, mm-hmm. that like super belief or that yeah. super moment that then yeah. creates a whole bunch of little beliefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and I love that you bring that up because initially people will come and they tell me, um, you know, I have imposter syndrome and it's because, you know, in college, X, Y, Z. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like what your experience, what you experienced in college was triggering the belief that was already there. Right. You know, like that, this was like the second, third, fourth, fifth, 15th, 20th time that you dealt with this belief. It's just the first time that you noticed it in a way that didn't serve you. Right. Or, or we're intellectually sound enough at that time. Right. Cause when you're young, you're still growing and you're like, mm-hmm. so I, yeah. <laughs> a funny story to tell you. Um, my son, he's seven yeah. and he decided that he wants to be tough and he must've watched a movie where people mm-hmm. have tattoos. So he got a hold of a permanent marker and he drew like this heart, like right here on him with like mm-hmm. a, a broken thing. And then he's got like these like stick animals over here. And I'm like, what is that? He's like, oh, they're wolves. And oh, so like, in his world at seven, he genuinely looks at this and thinks that it looks like this, like really nice, you know, very well yeah. artist, but I'll have to take a picture of it and show you later, Gabby. Yeah. It's hilarious. But it's like this like cert- with the little mm-hmm. stick legs. Mm-hmm. And to him, that's a wolf. Yeah. Right? He's like covered in tattoos now mm-hmm. at seven. And so, so you know, good. how we process things as children, when we get older, we can go, oh, okay, that's connected mm-hmm. to this. And so that's when we kind of create that moment of this must be when it happened. Mm-hmm. But we don't necessarily understand what's going on mm-hmm. until you get in with you during yeah. like an RTT and say, okay, where's the moment where this happened? Mm-hmm. Now we have that adult intellect to connect the dots and go mm-hmm. back and go, wait a second, where's the first time I felt, yeah. oh, it's over yeah. here. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand that at the time, but now I look at it and I'm like, okay, that's the moment. And so mm-hmm. we're able to kind of just look at that, <laughs> my little tat man. <laughs> I I love it. Oh my God, it's so hilarious. And it's permanent, so I'm sure it's still there. Um, but, oh my God. So, when I was little, I, I remember I got like oil pastels and I drew all my brother on, oh, like all over his body with oil pastels. It was so, it was like very hard to take off. Well, it's funny too, because now he thinks that he's in trouble, like, because Aww. he's Jewish and yeah. we're like, buddy, like, yeah, you know, like if you want to grow up and get tatted out, like that's yeah, your totally life, fine. You know? Just totally fine. Again, that, you know, that limiting belief and that mm-hmm. feeling of like, oh, this is going to, bring yeah. me shame like we don't even realize mm-hmm. how much of that imprints on us as children yeah and then we take it into our adult life and yeah then an event happens that triggers yeah. it but we then think oh yeah. well, that's what caused it yeah but that was just the the um reaffirming mm-hmm. yeah and it's really hard when you're when you are or were right an empathic or empathetic child because there's so much of like that we internalized that was really something that we just perceived. That was yeah. just our perception, right? Like like your son and feeling shame, right? Maybe he's feeling like, oh no, like I've shamed my family with these tattoos. Like we're Jewish, we don't do this, you know? And, and it feels like he's like contributing somehow. And you're like, it's fine. 
Yeah. It, it is very fine. And even if you got a real one, it'd be fine, right? Like, yeah. Oh, okay. We got another question. So the imprints are generally always from childhood. How do we help our kids then? Um, that's a fantastic question. It is so, so hard to do this work and have children because every single moment I'm like, this is it. This is the RTT moment. Definitely this one. Um, and I think the most important thing is to, to give you some comfort, right? As a parent of children is that communication is the most important thing, right? And, and the reason why these little traumas are the ones that tend to come up in RTT sessions is because they're the ones that we don't have conversations around. Right. Like people think that it's going to be this like really traumatic, you know, like a divorce or whatever. And they tend not to come up because there is so much conversation and communication around it. Right. There is so much. It might have caused you a lot of pain. It doesn't take away from the pain, but the trauma imprints differently when there's understanding around it. The most difficult and challenging trauma are these little traumas where little kids put pick up like make their own perceptions and create their own beliefs around it. Um, so going back to that question, the best thing that you can do is try to have open communication as much as possible. Don't dismiss your children when it comes to these small kinds of things, right? Because the small things tend to be the big things and also just letting go, right? There's going to be no way to be a perfect parent knowing the way that we do about how trauma imprints. There's just not, right? Like, for example, the other day, Levi, um, we were playing, we have like two Mario games and one he really likes because I think that kids today have like also different kind of like spatial awareness than we did. Um, and so one is like 3D and I love it because it's very easy for me. And one is five, like 4D and that one's really easy for him. It's so hard for me. Um, so he was telling me, he was like, how come when I win at a level in Mario Odyssey, you say, cool, but when I win at Mario 3D, you say, awesome. And I was like, I don't think I'm actually paying attention to either time that you tell me that, that you win a Mario game. But to him, he was like, oh, my mom likes this game better. So when I perform better at this game, she's prouder or happier. And he had like formed this belief. And I'm like, oh my gosh. That is so big, right? Because that's something that you're going to carry with you for the rest of your life, right? Like then as an adult or teenager, right? You're like, I'm going to pick this major, which is going to make my mom happy because when I do the things that she likes, she's really happy with me or she's happier. And we become these like people pleasing, parent pleasing children, right? But it starts with like these very, very small moments and beliefs. And I was like, oh, I don't, I, I, you know, I was just like, I don't feel that way. Like, I'm sorry if that was the, you know, maybe there is some truth to it, right? Maybe subconsciously I'm like, hear Mario Party and I'm like, oh yeah, cool, right? Or whatever. I perk up more when I hear the one that I like, but I'm like, don't let that make you feel that that there's any impact there. Yeah, and I, I definitely would echo what Gabby said about the hyper communication too, because with my daughter, so she's nine and I get really overwhelmed. Like I have five kids. They yeah. can get all around me. And like, mm -hmm. I'm an empath, but I'm also an introvert. I know you mm -hmm. guys don't believe that, but I really am. And so sometimes I just need a break. I need to literally go yeah. seclude myself in my room. And so Alana will come in and be like, mom, can we have mom time? And I mm -hmm. will like literally say to her, I love you. This has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. I am just emotionally spent right now. Mm -hmm. But let's, you know, circle back and like make a time like I go mm -hmm. out of my way to be like, I feel like this. But don't you dare mm -hmm. attach this to you. 
Yeah. Because maybe, you know, hypothetically, that may have happened to me when I was growing up. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. But maybe, but could have. It could yeah. Be possible. Mm-hmm. So that is something that I really strive to do. And so Facebook user says, so when my daughter 12 comes home and needs to talk for 45 minutes about how this kid behaved towards her on the bus, listening and letting her process and talk it all through. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, and just letting, you know, at the end of the day, love, right, is um, is really like the most important thing, allowing our children to feel loved. And there's so many ways that, you know, there, we have different love languages, first of all, just starting there. Right. The parents and children can have very, very different love languages. Um, my two children have very different love languages. Right. Like Noah is super physical touch. Like Noah will sit there next to me and just like snuggle for an hour. Levi is super quality time. Um, call it like very much on his terms. Right. Like he wants to play the game that he wants to play in the way that he wants to play it. And that and you playing along with that is love to him. Right. Um, and so it's really like understanding that to me as a parent is challenging, right? Mm-hmm. Showing love in that way. So it's like, it has to be that communication, right? Like I understand that this to you makes you happy, right? And I'm gonna do it because I know that it makes you happy. And to me, the way that I like showing love is, you know, doing something else, right? Giving you a present or a hug or whatever, right? So understanding that when I do these things too, this is the way that I'm showing you love. So that there's that giving and receiving. Right. And there's nothing wrong with communicating that to your children. Like people are like, oh, there are children. We need to be the parent. Yes. And there's also we're in a new dimension, right? We've got children coming in that are much more astute and acutely aware of their energetic surroundings. So, you know, we don't have to make it the elephant in the room anymore. We can say energetically this or, you know, um, this isn't my favorite way to do this. This makes mommy uncomfortable, but let's Mm -hmm. do this instead. Kids are smart and they yeah. understand and we don't have to talk to them. And I'm not saying you do this. I'm just mm-hmm. saying like out there to the world, we don't have to talk to them like mm-hmm. they don't get it because they yeah. get it a lot more than we give them credit for. And it's when we whitewash all of yes. that, that we mm-hmm. start to create as Gabby has coined the most amazing term is trauma with a little T. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think I coined no, I, I don't think I coined that, but I do say that all the time. Says it all the time. And it's like a Gabbyism, right? Like there's a yeah. whole dictionary of Gabbyisms. You guys can get that on Amazon for XYZ. But um but Gabby, talk a little bit about the difference between trauma with a big T and a little T. Yeah. So trauma with a big T is what we think of, right? And people will come and they say, um, you know, I didn't have any trauma in my upbringing and I'm never going to correct them, right? I don't want people to think that they had a traumatic upbringing, but what they mean is they didn't have big T trauma, right? Which is abuse, whether it's sexual or physical or verbal, um, divorce, death in their family, maybe they lost a parent, maybe they had a parent that lost a parent, maybe they lost a sibling, that would be big T trauma. Um, And then little T trauma is like all the small things, right, that come and make you feel less than worthy, that come and change your beliefs in some way that, you know, turns out to no longer serve you. So little T trauma might look like failing a test. Maybe it would look like, uh, you know, losing a friendship, having a parent with a different love language, um, all of these little small things that are not, that you would not necessarily go back and say, oh, I had a terrible childhood because that thing happened to me. Um, another big T trauma that I forgot to mention, bullying, 
is big T, right? Especially when it's big and it's pervasive. Um, it does tend to lead to like a very unhappy, I mean, it's abuse, right? At the end of the day, it's, it's usually verbal, physical um, abuse. So rarely, I think sexual, but sometimes too. Um, and, and so I would qualify that as a big T trauma, but little T trauma is basically anything else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such a good way to say it. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and understanding that little T trauma can compound and become big T mm -hmm. trauma if we yes. don't deal with it. Yeah. And, and that the opposite is true, too, right? That within big T trauma, there is a series of little T trauma events, right? Like, so when we talk about, you know, and I'll see it come up over and sometimes people will say, um, in an RTT session, they're like, something came up, which I've already dealt with. And I'm like, but in what context have you already dealt with it? Because that event is filled with tiny little events that led you to feel all kinds of different ways, right? Like a divorce, my parents got divorced, that's a big T trauma. Now, little T trauma is like the moment that your parents sat you down and told you that they were getting divorced. And then maybe, like, your parent got up and ate ice cream. And then you're like, nobody even cares, right? Like, this isn't even a big deal. Like someone could go and eat ice cream after this. And you form that belief of like, my parent doesn't even care about this. And and that's a little T trauma within a big T trauma. Or you know what I mean? You present, like here, let's buy you a Barbie and buy your brother a truck so that you can get through this better. And it's like, you're, my family is imploding and you're. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so I'll see a lot of that, you know, where people have um, where they're like, you know, I'm going back to my parents' divorce, but then it's like a very specific event within that divorce, right? It's like the, the moment that the parent said something or, you know, whether it's, you know, don't worry, your mom will take great care of you or something like that, right? Where it makes you feel like, oh, shoot, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally. So Gabby, speaking of all these wonderful things that you help people with, how do people find you if they want to get with you? And like, do you have any like kind of like dip your toe in the water with Gabby kind of thing that you could talk about? I do. I do. So I have um, the best way is my website, www.gabbyabrams.com. Perfect. Yeah. Cause you can pull up, um, I have a, a free hypno recording that you can test out. So it's a 28 day recording that you listen to daily. People love it. It's been downloaded so, so, so much. Um, and then I also have like a really small kind of like a sample pack of RTT sessions, especially if you are an entrepreneur, it's an awesome one to get. It has, imposter syndrome visibility money blocks and fear of success and that is kind of like the whatever not trifecta quad whatever the word might be um of entrepreneurial blocks i find i love that and then you also have a facebook group too right? yes and i also have a facebook group called ready for more oh that one didn't work hold on there we go there it is yes awesome. yeah well, thank you so much for being here, Gabby. It's been amazing. Do you have any like last minute final thoughts, anything else you want to share? No. Oh my gosh. It was so fun joining you. Um, I'm so happy. I'm so sorry about the hair clip incident. Oh, it's the so great, the great hair clip incident of 2021. Um, but yeah, there was, there was something, it was the fiery energy coming off between us. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was like, I cannot. The guides are like, who do I, who do I talk to here? What's going on? Like, I, love together, I love it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and then guys, just so you know, Gabby is a member of my group, which mm -hmm. is Dream Building Entrepreneurs. So if you have a question for her that you want to ask privately, uh, semi-privately, but maybe, you know, your mom watches your feed and you don't necessarily want to share yeah. that. She is in that group. We'll make her a thread so she can answer questions in there as well. Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. So much Yay, thank you guys. Absolutely. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much for being here, Gabby. And yeah, guys, check out um, her group. Come hang out with her. My group, you know, join her group and ask her questions, all the things. She's amazing. You guys now see why I just adore her. So thank and you I her. love you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, that'll do it for this week's incredible guest. And like I said, she is amazing. She's one of my favorite people. Follow her everywhere she goes. Follow her on Instagram. She is just such a wealth of knowledge and joy and love. And she's just incredible. So I'm so glad we were able to have her here. We will be here again next week with another great guest. Until then, may you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be safe. And may you be at peace. Namaste. Thank you.